We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 43 months into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. How you doing today, Bruce? I'm healthy and alive. Uh, doing well. I wish I could say the same. Uh, I'm not feeling too well uh, today. I'm kind of under the weather a little bit, so I'm hoping that uh, that's going to clear up. I'm I'm on like my I think my third glass of tea, uh, and and I'm yeah I'm doing my best. So I'm <laughs> I'm going to be here. I'm going to get through this. Um, we we may end a little early today because of time constraints, but we're gonna we're gonna do the best we can. So I'm asking the uh, the listeners to uh, please please bear with us. Before we get started today, we did take a big risk when we started all of this. And we are not backed by fake corporate dollars that push fake agendas that make everyone hate each other. So if you're interested in supporting the work that we do, we do offer additional features with our now active subscription service. Benefits include access to our instant messaging platform for direct communication to us, along with access to upcoming and sometimes unpublished podcasts, as well as exclusive access to our behind the scenes uncensored prep sessions, where we talk about things that sometimes don't make it to the final product, which you're hearing now, which Bruce and I just finished. So if you want to take part in this fight with us, if you want to support a team that's willing to do the real research and not give you fake nonsense for talking points, if you want to say screw you to the mainstream media like CNN, Fox News, BBC, Sky News, and MSNBC, then the link is in the program description down below, where you can click that and you can come on board with us and you can take advantage of these benefits that we're offering to you. And by doing so, you will support our work and you will support the research that goes along with that work. And together we can take the fight to the doorsteps of these frauds that are on the television, in the newspapers, and the talking heads on the international stage. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, Together, we can take action as subscriptions start at just $5 per month. Now, are you still unsure of what you're getting? We now offer a 30-day free trial, which includes unlimited access to all features and content. Again, the link is in the program description down below. That being said, where would you like to start today? Well, right on the forefront, we just had the the Speaker of the House Ah, yes. selected. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, we have. Uh, we've got some fresh audio of him taking the podium first thing today. So let me get that. I have it right, right here. Extraordinary crisis right now. And the world needs us to be strong. They need us to remember our creed and our admonition. Turmoil and violence have rocked the Middle East and Eastern Europe. We all know it. And tensions continue to build in the Indo-Pacific. The country demands strong leadership of this body, and we must not waver. Our, our, our nation's greatest ally in the Middle East is under attack. The first bill that I'm going to bring to this floor in just a little while will be in support of our dear friend Israel, and we're overdue in getting that done.
We're going to show not only Israel, but the entire world, that the barbarism of Hamas that we have all seen play out on our television screens is wretched and wrong. And we are going to stand for the good in that conflict. First of all, who is this guy? I've never even heard of him. Yeah, I had to look him up, too. I, I had not heard of him either. Um, this is uh, Mike Johnson. He's a Republican out of uh, Louisiana. And it uh, I had to look into the Liberty Score. And if you're not familiar with the Liberty Score, that is a scoring system that is basically rates their um, voting record and how how you know where do they where do they side are they conservative or are they uh liberal uh and in this case he has a 74 percent so he's like a c minus or a c i mean it's it's not good um when we had uh who was the guy douglas what was his i don't remember what his first name was he had a liberty score of 100 that was one of the candidates and the other one was um to give you an idea a 100 is almost impossible like to get a 100, you have to vote on conservative values 100% of the time. And that isn't exactly clear cut because some of the bills that come across are conservative finger quotes, uh, but they're not. They're so laced with stuff. So this this organization goes into detail on um, uh, how they rate things. But anyway, uh, the other one was Jim Jordan, who I think has like a 95-ish percent uh, Liberty score somewhere in that range. He's, he's pretty I high actually- up there. I was hopeful on that one. I really was. I yeah. I, I either one of those, Douglas or or was it Douglas or Donald? I don't remember now. I'm not sure. Um, but it, it's with yeah. Jordan. I was I was hopeful. I know that I've I've been saying some not so nice things about him, and I think he's all bark and no bite. But nonetheless, I I think that man genuinely deserved a shot at least. He would have been better than this Johnson, I, I think. Yeah, everybody. I don't think I, there are more people know Jim Jordan. He's got more of a public persona yeah. than than this guy. I've never yeah. even heard of this guy. I've never seen him yeah. on any of like the uh, the know nothing pundits on the mainstream media or anything like that. I've never even seen this guy. Yeah, and and I'm curious if because uh, he got uh, 220 votes is what he ended up with. And do we know um, even what kind of horse trading was done to get him in there? No, no, because it was, it was all of this was done in a backroom deal. That's basically how he got his can the potential candidacy okay so it's close um, uh-huh. right. yeah the the last guy that they had because yesterday there was a um speaker the somebody was nominated for it and within a few hours he he resigned from that i mean he he dropped out so and that guy was a bad one uh that would not have been a good uh good pick this guy i don't know anything about him but based on his liberty score he's going to be a bad he's he's an yeah he's a rhino well, I wish I could say that I was surprised, but I'm actually not. It is what it is. Anyhow, um, I suppose that we'll um, that we'll move on to the uh, the obvious. We have stranded Americans that are at the U.S. embassy. Uh, did, did you know in Israel we we've still got some stranded people over there? Uh, we can't um, seem to no, no get surprise. them out. Yeah, there's no surprise. Can't seem to get them out. The uh, embassy staff that are in there say that uh, the government didn't do anything to try and help them. They just kind of said, "Get to the airport and." Yeah, there there might be a plane there for you. Oh, and you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah, uh, that's quite a rescue. Yeah, I, I brought this up last time I was on. DeSantis has been doing charters and whatnot. There's been charity organizations that have um, flown um, uh, people back, Americans back. Some of um, these are um, like some of the like the embassy staff. Some of these are religious people that are there. So, yeah, you're you're right. Yeah. 
uh, to to kind of touch on what that uh, the 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 current speaker of the house now uh, was saying. Which, by the way, I, I want to get this off real quick before we get too far from this. It just it just click with me. We had the potential to have a real firebrand in there, somebody that could really burn out this garbage, the, the the swamp that we've been dealing with potentially, and our elected officials just that we don't get an opportunity to do this kind of a vote. This is very rare for this to happen. And they picked somebody with a 74% Liberty score. Anyway, uh, the, the, the first bill he talked about there, that um, uh, bill for Israel, I suspect this is the bill that the White House has been touting that is uh, funding for Ukraine and Israel. It's all tied together, as well as what was the other thing? Um, there was something like, I forget how many billions it was, was going to Ukraine and Israel, and then like a few million was going to our border. Well, that's it. They're keeping the money faucet turned on. That's what it's all about. Cash cow for them. I mean, it, you you just had um, uh, whoever's the head of the investigation. Yeah, I'm, I'm not on top of it today. Don't have the names. Uh, but the investigation that's been going on into Joe Biden and his involvement with uh, uh, the, the, the crime family uh, that, that, that they are. Uh, they found that he received a check directly of $200,000 so that you know how the, the, the left were saying, oh, he never really he didn't it, you know take any checks directly. It wasn't going straight to him. It was, you know, yeah, he was going to business or charity or well, this one was a $200,000 check that was directly written by his brother. This is what's so stupid. You're a part of a crime family. You know you're you're laundering funds. You know you've been doing this for years because this was in 2018 when this happened. Um, the brother goes in and um, basically goes to a fundraiser event, kind of a thing, and does a pay for play, it paid pay to play, kind of a pay thing. to play. Like yeah, so you yeah. give me money and I'll hook you up with my brother, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And he did it with this uh, bank that was not doing well. And uh, Why do they always said, take those? They they always go yeah. to like that that shady bank that's on the corner somewhere, you know. Yeah, and they told the bank, uh, "You donate to us, give us a loan, then we'll give you million dollars. Invest in us, and we'll uh, get you millions of dollars." Because just it's a phone call away, you know, because of the vice president, or president, you know, whatever he he can he has access to these people, and he'll use that to you know help you out or whatever. The money was then wired to the brother, and the brother then wrote a check the very same day that the wire happened to uh, Joe Biden. So there's your smoking gun of directly taking funds. Um, all the other ones that we've seen have been, um, you know, going through shell corporations and different family members and whatnot. It's still enriching the family, which is still illegal. I'm just curious, has anybody at the Justice Department, have any of you Yahoo's ever heard of something called RICO? I'm just going to throw that out there. This is not rocket science, you idiots. This, this can be like this can be a prosecutor's like a career case. This could be yeah. an army of prosecutors career case. Mm -hmm. The defense in this particular instance with this family has nothing. <laughs> they, have, they have nothing. They won't even be able to get a decent plea deal out of this one. No, but. They know exactly what a RICO is because they're using it against Donald Trump and yeah, of turning his yeah. lawyers against him.
I did see that the uh, the attorney he had broke down in tears or something when there was a guilty plea or something. I don't I don't know. They um, they basically but, it dropped the seven felony charges or nine felony whatever it was, and in return she had to do, she's like probation for six years I think it is or six months or something like that, and then she has to be a, a, a basically a witness for the upcoming trials. Okay, and so they're they going to do that yeah, to yeah, okay, yeah uh-huh. they they're going to do yeah. that to all the the sure. attorneys that he had. Yes, of course, yeah. So, um I, I'm just I'm curious, how long is it? Well, of course you have to have an actual I think you have to have a charge that's brought first. I I don't understand fully how the pardoning process works. I know that Nixon pardoned himself and then he left, but I could see this being the same thing. There's going to be pardons all the way around upon any kind of an exit, and and that's going to be it. That's actually what I've been wondering. Uh, he'll probably do, he'll probably wait for the end of his term before he does it. They they have to see how it depends on what game they're going to play. So the Justice Department right now is in the hands of the Democrats, and you look at what the Justice Department is doing. Um, they're not investigating anything to do with Hunter Biden or Joe Biden or the the family of the Bidens in general. They're not doing anything there. They're too busy uh, looking for January Sixers. Uh, they're too busy going after people that aren't, uh, you know, going under and, and can't afford to pay their taxes, those kind of things. That's what they're busy doing. While getting ready to hire 80,000 armed new agents. Yeah. Oh, excuse me, 79,999, because one of them was just shot and killed on a range in was, Arizona during say, the training. Yeah, one of them yeah. was, yeah, yeah. So do I think anything's going to happen, especially with the new speaker? The thing is, is um, we could have had those investigations and at least had the information had we picked a better speaker of the House. Now, I don't know. We've already said we don't know who this guy is. So given the benefit of the doubt uh for about like six months maybe maybe to the end of the year that's probably a better to see what he does um yeah so i would get moving yeah on well in, in actually bruce you shouldn't say that because they're literally getting ready to leave for the rest of the year that's fair and if he can't get um those what was it forty thousand or whatever it was hours of uh videotape that the last speaker said he was going to release if he can't get that out then uh, I don't I don't really I don't really trust him. No, no, I I can't say well anybody that's that's done this kind of a deal to get him in there like that without being transparent. Then sorry, I don't have a whole lot of trust in, yeah. in that just on just on its yeah. on its face. Anyway, okay, so getting yeah. back to the uh, the Israel and Gaza thing. So we were watching yeah. some footage. It's amazing the amount of propaganda that's going on here. This that's being shown today. Uh, I've got some clips, and as soon as I saw it, I didn't even have to play it. You know how the clips are like the still shot first, and mm-hmm. then you hit the play button, and then you see it. And mm-hmm. as soon as I showed it to you, you had the exact same reaction. You yeah. already knew what it was. This yeah. was from a retaliatory strike that took place over two years ago from mm-hmm. Israel in Gaza. And they played it today like it was brand new. This yep. is the level that that they're playing on people. Yeah, because I, I remember we watched the video and we're like doing slow-mo and stuff and, and looking at... We've seen the missiles come in because you can see the missiles come in. The, the on bombs. that one, yes. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah, yeah. It it looked like they were, uh, you know, like a, a JDAM or something of that caliber. And 250 pound, crew. maybe. Yeah, camera yeah. crew. They were perfectly positioned with the cameras aimed right at the building before the first bombs hit. So they knew where it was going to hit. What, what's interesting is um, Israel's being branded this horrible, evil nation by um, the UN and by um, 
uh, a lot of the Muslim countries that are turning against them. And in fact, uh, many Democrats here in the United States. Um, but name me a nation in the world that sends out text messages to the people in that area, to the citizenry there in the, the area that they're about to bomb a week before it happens. Tell me, tell me a country that does that, because as far as I'm aware, Israel's the only one that's done that. We have done something similar in the past, but they're they're doing text messages to the areas that they're. That's how they knew to put the cameras up where they put it up because Israel had put out a warning beforehand. We're going to bomb this. All citizens need to get out of the area. And of course, what is the uh, uh, Hamas? What do they do? Uh, they round up elderly kids, those kind, and basically weld them into their uh, the building. Uh, effectively, they they take them prisoner so that when the bombs hit, it kills the elderly or kids. So then they can pull video and show them pulling kids and elderly out of rubble saying, oh, Israel, they, they bombed some residential facility and they're so horrible and blah, blah, blah. No, no, that, that that's what they do. And then you have the uh, security chief or, or uh, defense, whatever the heck he was there in the UN was out saying Israel's terrible and all this kind of stuff. And Israel's diplomat was saying, uh, yeah, you need to resign or apologize. And honestly, I thought that was too weak and soft. It was too flaccid on the Israeli side. I think I have audio of that. Uh, If you give me just a second, I think I can pull it. Uh, Where was that? I've got so much stuff that's been piling up because I've been Mm. so busy working on on things this week. And it's just I haven't been able to keep up. Uh, Well, uh, to finish my thought there, Israel should have the diplomat should have just said you should resign and left it at that. Not give us an apology because then that just opens the door for them to do it again. He should the the diplomat should have said, uh, no, you need to vacate the, the seat. You're done. And then left it. I have audio of the uh, uh, the, dip- the Israeli diplomat here uh, in in the UN. He's calling for the total destruction of Hamas at the UN, and he also calls on uh, Mr. Gutierrez to uh, claim that Hamas on the October seventh attack didn't play- take place in a vacuum or something. Then he calls for like his resignation or something. Yep. Um, so this is this is the audio that you're speaking of, uh, just for purposes of reference. I hear the call for proportionality. I hear the calls, as said before, for a ceasefire. Tell me, what is a proportionate response for killing of babies, for rape women and burn them, for beheading of a child? How you can agree to a ceasefire with someone who swore to kill and destroy your own existence? How the proportional response to October 7 massacre is a total destruction, a total destruction to the last one of the Hamas. It is not only Israel's right to destroy Hamas, it's our duty. For Israel, it's a matter of survival. The free world should remember and never forget what happened on October 7. Today, this barbaric terror hit Israel. Tomorrow, it will be at everyone's doorstep, at everyone's doorstep. I still have questions, and I mentioned this yesterday when I was uh, when I was sitting down with Melissa. I, I still have questions because everybody's so wrapped up in everything that's going on. Everybody's so uh, just the next thing, the next thing. We don't have time to act. I mean, you've got Netanyahu out today saying that uh, we're the children of light. They're the children of darkness, and we've got to go, and we've got to destroy everything. Hang on a minute. Uh, ben, you were about to be overthrown. <laughs> 
you had a lot of protests that were taking place. And as a matter of fact, I think there was one that was due to be held this week uh, or end of last week to call for the entire removal of or to call for the removal of your entire government. Now they have an emergency government. I want to know. Let's let's. OK, so let's just set that aside. I want to go back to the initial day. So the October 7th that he's talking about, I want to know about that stand down order. I want to know why you left your own guys on one of the most highly guarded spots in the entire country. I want to know why you left your guys laying there behind bulletproof doors bleeding out for six hours. Why did it take you six hours to get down there? That's what I want to know. And no yeah. one's no one's asking these questions. Well, so maybe somebody are asking these questions, but I'm not hearing them. I, I can I can justify it's, we, we've talked about this before and I can justify uh, saying that they had a uh, reduced like they had a skeleton skeleton mm-hmm. crew or less there. Yeah. I can understand that because it, this is a holy, a holy feast. You know, it, it was it was a big deal for them. Uh, so I can understand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, the, and the other thing is, in the past, this has happened before. Uh, if I remember right, the Six Day War, that's how it started, was um, they were, Israel was attacked during one of the feast days and it, they were completely caught off guard. In fact, they didn't have, it was like their radar, uh, radar operators, they weren't even in their stations because they were uh, with their families uh, for this. So it's a big deal, uh, you, you know, c- celebrating these feasts to them. So I can justify saying, okay, you know, they, they let their soldiers go home for the feast and they, you know, um, but the, it, it took them six hours to get anyone, uh, there that I, I, I don't no. have an explanation for. I, I, no. I can't, I can't feasibly, uh, like there, there's nothing. I, I don't have anything to justify that. There's nothing. And you're, I, you're I, I saying, hold on a minute. And yeah, well, and I, I agree with what you're saying. But if you stack on top of that, the moles that Mossad have in Hamas, you're telling me that you didn't see this one coming. That's the other thing is they, they supposedly Mossad have let such this one? great no. intel. No, 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 no. They're better than that. The rumor I heard, I, again, this is a rumor. Not only did Mossad have this. Uh, the UK had this and the United States had this. They had intel on this operation uh, possibly going down. And all three of them overlooked it. All three of them did. Not just Israel. I'll tell you what else they overlooked. Uh, you ready for this one? Nobody's mentioned the fact that when Hamas parachuted in on those paragliders, those were Russian parachutes. Nobody's mentioned that. Mm. Oh, no. See, that was see that was just hardware that they'd gotten off the black market. Right. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And the M4s that they were carrying, I'm sure that those are standard Russian and Chinese issued too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Those, to be fair, uh, there's two instances of that. Um, you had that Fast and Furious deal that happened years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you also had that that, that a little debacle that we had in Afghanistan, you know, that uh, that was a success. That was a, a successful yeah, yeah. drawdown. Is what yeah, that was. That, that, that's what I meant. It was it was a success. That's right. Yeah. We uh, left so many people behind. Um, yeah, that, that was a success. Yeah. And, and, and Kirby, and, if you remember, Kirby said that, well, the, the stuff that was left on the ground, that wasn't even ours. That didn't belong to us anymore. Mm, yeah, that we, we gave that to the uh, uh, Afghanistan people there, the, the, the military or the police that they left behind that didn't do jack squat, which, uh, interesting enough, uh, the Iraqi police, um, that was the same situation we ran into there. Uh, I, I've, I've had um, soldier accounts of <laughs> they had their own hardware used against them. Uh, that they had given mm-hmm. the Iraqi police because mm-hmm. they turned on them. Yeah, uh, but green on blue. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And shot our own guys um, in the back. Uh huh. And this this uh God, this this whole scenario just it seems suspect. Um, it's very it's very possible, like you said, he he initiated this war. Uh, or or allowed this to happen so that he could create the emergency government. Very possible. Very possible. The there's thing is, um, there's something else here. Yeah, let's hear it. And maybe I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but there's there's another elephant in the room here that we're not addressing. And I, I thought about it over the last week. What is crucial to the Middle East, specifically in Israel, to China? Yeah, the uh, they got the port down there in Israel. Yes the largest yeah. port that is Chinese own and run. They need that for their Belt and Road. It doesn't work without that port. They've got to have it. Yeah. So it, it, it's interesting that all of this is happening about the same time. Um, also something to point out, uh, this whole scenario has been a long time coming because the Gaza Strip was originally Israeli. And what, 20, 30 years ago, they handed it over to the Palestinians to show the rest of the world. The intention, my understanding was, of the prime minister of the time, who later went into coma, just all of a sudden um, after that, interesting timing. But anyway, um, the the intention was to give that uh, land to the Palestinians to show the world they really don't want peace. They want the entirety of Israel. What, what was the chant that they were saying um, uh, from the river to the sea? Uh, Palestine will be free, I think, or, or something yeah, to that something effect. Like that, yeah. Basically, that means the eradication of Israel. That's that's what that means. Well, anyway, he was he was uh, going to show the world that that's their intent is the complete destruction of Israel, um, and then later clean up. Uh, it's kind of like a honey trap almost. Um, give it to them, let the terrorists have their way, and then go in and clean them up. Well, I don't like what's happened. I I, I don't like the the whole how bad this smells. The thing is, I don't disagree with the, the cleanup of Hamas. I hope it w- this wasn't a planned thing in the sense that they just allowed this to happen to, to create World War III. Because do you really think, do you seriously think that the United States has the delicate touch to keep us from triggering World War III right now? No. I, no. Personally, I don't. No. So I'm, well, I'm concerned that this, this could be the, the catalyst that China and Russia want, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think they're ready for war no, they're on, not. on a multiple fronts. They are not. So and that's it, uh, And yeah. we were talking about behind the scenes because no one's paying attention to Ukraine anymore, right? Can't find anything on it. We were talking behind the scenes about what's going on in Ukraine with Russia, and it ain't good. Not, and I'm not talking about on the Ukrainian side. On the Russian side, it ain't good. Supposedly, Putin had a heart attack. Don't know. The Kremlin is being very, um, very quiet about it. And as a matter of fact, they've denied the allegations. Y- you have something you want to say on that? Uh, I was just going to say, whether it was true or false, they're going to say the same thing. Whether yes. it was yeah, it true matter. that he had one or he yeah. didn't, he's they're going to say the same. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You're, you're right. So uh, we had 33 Americans that were killed in the Hamas attack on Israel. This is according to uh, Anthony Blinken. You know, the, the State Department guy. Oh, Tony there. Yeah. The, he, the guy that couldn't count how many were left in Afghanistan. We didn't yes. Really that, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah just to, for oh, clarification, okay. that's the one. Uh, he also said that civilians in Gaza must be allowed to receive humanitarian aid and noted that although Israel does have the right to defend itself, it must take all possible precautions to avoid harm to civilians. That, this is a quote from um, uh, from Blinken here. He says, every civilian life is equally valuable. There is no hierarchy when it comes to protecting civilian lives. A civilian is a civilian, no matter his or her nationality, ethnicity, age, gender, or faith. So 
here's a little bit of a let, let's say we're taking this at face value and this this attack this barbarism was not let, let's say the uh the the possible cloak and dagger stuff that we were just referencing let's mm -hmm. just put that aside for a moment and look at this from a the, just black and white this was a barbaric assault um do you, uh do you think a civilian populace that then goes out in the streets and praises this barbarism do you think they're non-combatants still i'm i'm because there's reports of some of that citizenry. Now, this could easily just be propaganda so that um, to try to soften the blow of when Israel does start doing attacks and there's civilian casualties, they, they have a little bit of a scapegoat. That's possible. But you had a civilian populace that uh, jumped in and helped Hamas do the assault against these Israeli people uh, and in fact helped the hostage taking and slaughter of those people. Now, again, I'm ignoring the fact that there's these um, unknowns involved. I'm a little bit um, that uh, Blinken's speech there. There's no hierarchy of citizenry or any of that. kind. No, I'm sorry. There is. There is hierarchy, unfortunately. Um, if you're a population that's in support of... Uh, I'll go out and say it. If you're a population that's supporting uh, Russia, China, Hamas, uh, Iran, like the Ayatollahs and, you know, all that stuff... You're kind of not a good guy. You're on the bad. You're on the bad side. Um, and I like how you I'm, just say you're kind of not a good guy. <laughs> yeah, you, you're kind of not. I mean, it, you're not like I'm not going to come out and say like you're you're the enemy and you should be wiped off the face of the planet. But like, oh, you don't want to harken back to your reference last week. <laughs> well, we got some colorful comments back on that, by the way. Oh, did did we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't even remember what I said, to be fair. You said we were <laughs> basically just going to have to wipe out all of our adversaries worldwide. Oh, yes. The utopia thing. I still thing. stand by that, yes. Yeah. Yes. If, well, you, if you want a, a true peaceful utopia, that's what you're going to have to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there, well, utopia. Yeah, what is utopia? It's, there is no such thing. Uh, anyway, uh, let's go to um, Kirby. I don't Kirby. This guy, this is the same guy that said that we didn't leave any stuff or anything on the ground uh, in Afghanistan. It didn't belong to us. This guy, like I wouldn't buy. I don't even think I'd buy a stick of gum from this guy, let alone a used car. Uh, this is what he had to say. This is war. It is combat. It is bloody. It is ugly. And it's going to be messy. And innocent civilians are going to be hurt going forward. I wish I could tell you something different. I wish that that wasn't going to happen. Uh, but it is it is going to happen. And uh, that doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it uh, d dismissible. It, it doesn't mean that we aren't going to still express concerns about that and, and do everything we can to help the Israelis do everything they can to minimize it. Uh, but uh, but that's that's unfortunately the, the nature of conflict. Hmm. Of course, he's 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 correct. Um, literally, I mean, when there's war, unfortunately, there's always civilian casualties. That's just the way it, it works. The the elite decide um, we're going to war. They send your kids off to war to fight their battles. And then uh, the families of those kids uh, also suffer at the same time. So this one's a little bit different because uh, it's it's religious based. So it's a it's a little different than the recent wars that we've seen, like World War One and Two. It's slightly different. Uh, same principle, same thing. I I think Israel has actually responded to Blinken and what he said there. It, basically, they said uh, we will take the U.S.'s opinion as advisement. We're going to do what we're going to do, basically. Uh, so 
again, I think Israel should be able to, to defend themselves, but it does like the timing of everything is suspect. So, all right, Mr. House theologian. So this is mm. Netanyahu, and this is this is his because uh, we were in in prep. We were discussing kind of like the uh, the end time stuff and uh, and and all of that and biblical reference to prophecy and things. And Melissa made some references to that yesterday. So this was Netanyahu. Uh, his address this afternoon. Our war against Hamas is a test for all of humanity. It is a struggle between the axis of evil of Iran, Hezbollah, and Hamas, and the axis of freedom and progress. We are the people of the light. They are the people of darkness, and light shall triumph over darkness. Citizens of Israel, October 7th was a very dark and black day in our history. We will fully investigate what had happened at our southern border, the border with Gaza. Everybody will have to provide answers, myself included, but all that will happen only after the war. As a prime minister, I'm responsible for guaranteeing the future of this country, and now my role is to lead all Israelis, the state of Israel and the people of Israel, to an overpowering victory. It is now a time to come together for one purpose, to storm ahead to achieve victory. In joint with joint forces and a profound belief in our justness, a profound belief in the eternity of the Jewish people, we shall realize the prophecy of Isaiah. There will no longer be stealing at your borders and your gates will be of glory. Together we will fight. Together we will win. So we can investigate. There will be a full investigation, but it will be after the war. So we're going to kill everybody first. Then we're going to investigate. So it's like you're you're gonna you're gonna ask dead people the questions. Is is basically is what he's yeah. saying. Yeah. To be fair, I I respect that. Shoot first, ask questions later. I I, I there's an element. It, it it's. I, I, That's I can, true. I, I, I get I get the sentiment. Sense. Yeah, I, I get yeah. the sentiment because we acted the same on 9-11, but we're now reading some stuff yeah. and we were going over some things in prep and we're like, uh, this is a real serious problem. Like yeah. this is a this it's, is a big yeah. mess that nobody wants to touch. Yes. And um I'm I'm yeah, I'm definitely concerned for the, the immediate future in all of this. Uh and the other reason I'm concerned is our southern border as well is just wide open and we have untold um, terrorists that have come across um, foreign agents that are going to wreak havoc in our nation. And uh, for those of you that are, um, yeah, our border, we, we, we don't have bad people coming. It's just people that are coming across the border that want a new life here in the United States. Tell me what those protests in the streets were calling for the eradication of an entire population, um, one of our allies. And in fact, the the some of those people live in our country are Americans, and the also the eradic those same people called for the eradication of the United States. But anyway, uh, to his speech, there was a lot of references in there that he made uh, the yeah, light yeah, and yeah. dark as I, an example. That's the very prophecy of Isaiah and, is what I'm yeah. is what I'm I'm curious about. I want to get your thoughts on. Yeah. That. So as far as what my understanding is my my interpretation if you will of what what is to come as far as in time stuff and whatnot one of the things that is left to be fulfilled one of the prophecies is um a, a, a phrase that's used peace peace um there, there's a peace treaty that's signed and israel says peace peace 
Peace, peace in this context, in the, uh, uh, I think it's Greek originally, did not mean peace as in like, uh, in, in the hippie sense. It meant peace as in security, safety, more so than peace in the sense of no war, no fighting. No, it's, it's basically like coming to a truce or something like that. And, and uh, you, you just bludgeoned your enemy and they're like, okay, okay, uncle. And, and like they, they, that's basically the, the premise of what, what, what that means. So with that in mind, uh, we also still have the Gog and Magog war and all that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm suspecting if this is the time for that, if this is that occurrence, okay, the Gog and Magog war, Israel will have a resounding victory. It'll be pretty one-sided, one-sided. And after that, there's going to be some kind of treaty involved. Again, this is all speculation. If this is the time for all of this, he's he's definitely using the phrasing there uh, of the 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 peace peace uh, concept. Um, it's about security. So um, we'll, we'll we'll see when what time holds. I'm definitely not uh, I'm uh, not opposed to the idea that this is the time that they sign the treaty and uh, we we have that peace peace that they talk about. But at the same time, I am not holding my breath. I, 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 I don't think this is necessarily the time. It, the, the thing is, Christians need to understand that, yes, we are in the end times. Um, I was talking to somebody about this the other day, and we, we were talking about end time stuff. And granted, we are in the end times, and tomorrow could be the rapture. Uh, for those of you that believe in a pre-tribulation uh, rapture. Granted, I'll give you that. But keep in mind, once Jesus died on the cross... We've been in the end times since then. So we've been in the end times for over 2,000 years. So uh, the, the timing, we don't know um, exactly when it's going That's to happen. timetable, not ours. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Israel just became a, nas- a nation again back, what was it, 1948 or something like that, uh, when it became a nation again. So we're, we're kind of in the timetable now of Israel had to be a nation again. So it could be with... Like I said, it could be within, you know, the next few minutes. It could be 100 years from now. We just don't know. So this could all go over and there could be a, a, a relative peace treaty that gets signed. And it may not be the peace, peace treaty that that is talked about in Revelation. This could be literally uh, just another treaty that cools things off and, uh, you know, things kind of go peaceful again. Economies stabilize. I mean, there, there's... So many things that could potentially just, uh, you know, ease up. Um, it could be another collapse of a civilization like the Romans, and it could be another shifting of uh, the, the world center, if you will. Or it could be the end times. We just don't know. So, you know, don't get your hopes up too much. Be ready for it. But at the same time, continue life as if we're going to be here another hundred years. You know, we had some peace treaties, speaking on that, we had some peace treaties before all of this uh, erupted, right? You had the Abraham Accords that were put together by Donald Trump. The Saudis agreed to it. The Emirates agreed to it. The Israelis agreed to it. You started to see the actual cooperation. Even if it was just on the surface, you did start to see it. That posed a very big problem for Russia and China strategically. That could not be allowed to go through. So I'm going to play two pieces of audio succinctly here. I'm going to play first the crown prince of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and that is Mohammed bin Salman. This is one month ago. Okay, so bear in mind. Then I'm going to play a clip of you're going to hear directly after this. You're going to hear a clip at around the same time of Netanyahu speaking in English at the United Nations. 
Again, a month ago, this is where we were. Now we're here. For us, the Palestinian issue is very important. We need to solve that part. And we have a good negotiation to continue. Till now, we got to see where it will go. We hope that it will reach a place that it will uh, ease the life of the Palestinians and uh, get Israel back, uh, as a player in the Middle, uh, Middle East. Every day we get closer. It seems it's for the first time a uh, real one, serious. We're going to see how it goes. Today I bring this marker to show a great blessing, the blessing of a new Middle East between Israel, Saudi Arabia, and our other neighbors. We will not only bring down barriers between Israel and our neighbors, we'll build a new corridor of peace and prosperity that connects Asia through the UAE, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Israel, to Europe. This is an extraordinary change, a monumental change, another pivot of history. But I also believe that we must not give the Palestinians a veto over new peace treaties with Arab states. Sanctions must be snapped back. And above all, above all, Iran must face a credible nuclear threat. And now we have war. Yeah, so interesting um the 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 argument there that um you know they were seeing real peace talks with the Palestinians. No. The Abraham Accord was just about economic involvement. I don't think there was actually ever really any um discussion about what to do with the Palestinian people because the Middle Eastern countries, the the Muslim countries, they want nothing to do with them. Saudi Arabia they have tents, cities, literally, that are empty, vacant right now. Do you know why those are there? Yes. It's um, for the Hajj. It's for the pilgrimage. Yes. Yeah. You could take some of those supplies and house the Palestinian people. They're um, actually, they're of the air same faith. They're air conditioned tents. Fully ready. They're of the ready same faith. Mm-hmm. Ready to go. There you go. You could do that. Do do a little bit of humanitarian aid. Supposedly, the Muslims are big about humanitarian aid. Right. They take the the Jira tax that's supposed to be for uh, funding charities and those kind of things. Yeah. Why are you not helping your own people? So that's my first question as a Christian. Um, of course, I know the answer. They're uh, of different beliefs and the Palestinian peoples are, well, they're radicals. Um, Egypt tried to do that years ago and it bit him in the ass. So you can't do anything with them, unfortunately. They're too indoctrinated into this. They teach their kids there uh, in schools, kind of like, you know, how we teach our kids here about transgenderism and, um, you know, th- those sexuality at, at a very young age and how to give a proper. Um, well, anyway, they do the same thing, but in the sense of Israel is the enemy, uh, the United States, the Western world is the enemy. We have to kill them and destroy them. There's an example of like, you'll have a math problem. You know how you had word problems, you know? You know, Susie has 12 apples and, you know, uh, she gives John uh, three. How many I don't want to know Susie anymore. Have? Oh, you're OK. Yeah, yeah right. I was going to yeah. say, well, well, what they're teaching yeah, in school now, you know where that's going to go. Yeah. OK. When we were in school, I should clarify when we were in school, that's what the word problem may have been uh, there. It's um, something on the lines of, um, uh, you know, uh, Ahmed has. Yeah, you know, 12 um, uh, Jewish um, prisoners and Muhammad kills off four. How many more does, uh, Moha- you know, Ahmed have? It's stuff like that. I mean, that's how they do the word problems there. So 
you're you're radicalizing the kids from a very young age in that location there uh, and and you we're expected the rest of the world is expected to take the palestinian people in you're gonna have to change the indoctrination that they're getting and they're 24 7 i don't even they're 24 7 we we had this discussion off air last week the reason that they won't take them in in these other countries is because of that reason right there they're 24 7 trying to take over your political process that's a reality yeah you watch as sure as I'm sitting here, you watch. They will try, and you mentioned, you and I briefly mentioned it last week. They will try to relocate some of them to the Midwest. You watch. Yep. They've, uh, there's already been talks of it from some of the Democrats, and Republicans have been, uh, to their credit, has at least been there um, to be the, you know, re elect me and I'll fight the Democrats position that they always take. Um, there, there, that, that has already been voiced before. Um, I believe it was on a news network, uh, like CNN or MSNBC. And it was posed to one of the, um, I think it was one of the squad that the question was posed towards. And, um, yeah, the idea has been floated and, um, I'm sorry. No, uh, that that's my answer. No, we should not be taking in. Honestly, if, if you're not, now this is going to sound really racist and horrible of a person of me for, for having this position, but if you're of a Muslim descent uh, from a Muslim country and you don't have a real, like, for example, you're not like a Uyghur, as an example, uh, and in China, and you're being actively hunted by the government, even in that scenario, I don't think we should be taking them in. Because as a Christian nation... We cannot vet those people properly. We don't know if they're extremists that are out to kill us uh, or if they're the, the, the peace loving Muslims that, you know, we do have some of those here in this nation. Um, I don't mean to, you know, paint with a, a, a large brush of all Muslims are, are horrible and terrible. Uh, I should specify Islamists and Muslims are different. But uh, my point is we can't start taking refugees in from the Middle East because we can't vet them. We don't know if they're. Not only can we not vet them just because they don't have the paperwork, they don't have the systems there to track that information, no, no baseline. but also, yeah, there's no baseline, but also the, the fact of like, how do you vet someone as a, okay, as a, as a, as a Christian, uh, to vet another Christian, you go and talk to their pastor or their priest or whatever of their church and get information about the kind of person they are. You can go into the, the community and find out what kind of a person they are. And based upon our belief system, which is very, very similar to uh, the Western world, the legal system here, they can be vetted. For a Muslim, you can't. You, you can't do the same kind of vetting uh, because one of their tenets uh, is tenets. I guess uh, it's not even really. They don't even really have a Ten Commandment system like we do. But it's basically you can lie to the infidel. Uh, anybody that is not of the Muslim faith is an infidel. So just from that premise alone, how do you, I don't know how to, I don't know how to vet it. And so we, we should be helping. I think absolutely we should help re relocate the Palestinian people to a, a Middle Eastern country that will take them. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with trying to help do that. I'm cool with, uh, you know, avoiding any kind of more death and destruction. I'm cool with that. It's just, I don't think that's, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't think at this point you're going to avert war. I, I think it's too late for that. Once it starts, there's no way to stop it. At this point, I believe it can still be stopped, but you don't have any voices. Like, I, I don't hear anybody talking mm -hmm. about peace. Nothing. I don't. There, I don't. Just I don't, like Ukraine. 
I don't think there's I don't think there's a possibility, at least in Israel's uh, position, we would have had to have had peace or or something done before October 7th, before that happened. Uh, but now that there's been thousands of people have been affected, it, it, the equivalent of Nagasaki for them, based, you know, per capita, because that's happened, you're not going to be able to, to calm down the, the populace and, and have peace talks. That, that's not going to happen. Uh, a lot of the people want blood now. Whether it was whether this was a inside job or it was a you know something that they instituted doesn't matter. Yeah. At this yeah. point, it's going to be tough to get peace. It is. We are going to go ahead and kick out of here a few minutes early, uh, barring anything else. Do you have anything else? I don't. No. All right. Well, we will see you again next week. So we will go ahead and call this one done. Thank you for being here today, my friend. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone, and have a great evening.